because at, at the end of the day, if we enjoy the process, if we enjoy going to the gym, lifting weights, if we enjoy the strain of doing the last set, if we enjoy feeding the homeless or going to different mm -hmm. places and doing these things, then the then what you were talking about, the end product is going to come. Welcome to Behind the Number, where we are bridging the gap between personal development and athletics. Each week, we'll either have an athlete, a coach, a psychologist, a social worker, or even just me dropping gems about my findings. I'm your host, Akela Hughes. Let's get into the show. Hey, Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Of course. So let's hop right into it. I don't like to waste any time. Take us way back to your childhood. I always love to hear where people begin. Mm, wow. So I'm the I'm the younger brother and my, my childhood would always look like me always trailing behind my older brother. His name is Freddie. He goes by Fred Jones. So whatever he did, that that's what I was doing from him playing baseball to me attempting to play t-ball and and then even back before then, when we both were playing soccer. So that, that's what my childhood really looked like for the, for the majority of the time until as I began to grow a little bit older and I grew taller. So now I'm, I'm tall. I'm the younger brother, but I'm no longer the little brother. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was cool. Uh, but, but then uh, also getting to that point, as, as I grew up older, then I always like to say I no longer was in his shadow because I, I couldn't be. Because I, I, I was I was literally too I was physically too tall to be in his shadow. So then that, that's when I began to, you know, get my own identity. And and of course, me and him would go to the gym and we would play basketball together and things like that. Right. Uh, but he was more devoted in band and I was more devoted in in basketball. So that, that that's where everything really started for me, just in regards to growing up and always trailing behind him. Right. Whatever he did, I, I was shortly behind him. So when the devotion just, you were like, okay, this is what I want to do. What did that look like? It looked like me then getting a weight set for Christmas. Uh, and I remember, wow, because we went to a secondhand store <clears throat> and, and, and then my dad bought the weight set. We put it downstairs in the basement. And this was just before my brother ended up moving out. So now I have, I have the weight set downstairs. I'm going down, I'm, I'm lifting. And I used to work at the grocery store at this time. And during my lunch breaks, I would go home, I get a workout in, then come back to work. And then days that I had off, I was at the gym working out. So when I, when I made the decision really to go for it and, and really to be a part of the team, that's mm -hmm. what the transition really looked like. And then I invested also in having a, also having a, a personal trainer. So a, a basketball coach mm -hmm. who was a gentleman overseas and, you know, so he would walk me through different drills and doing different things like that. But right. all of I knew I knew it was going to take a different level of devotion, uh, all because the high school that I was at is Wheeler High School in Marietta, Georgia. They were number one in the nation at oh, one point. So it was competitive. Oh, my goodness. I, I didn't even make varsity. I made JV junior year and then varsity. I didn't make the team. They, they We've had guys. We've had three or four guys that's been in the league, like the NBA. So it, it was a different ball game over there for sure. Right, right. And what did the support look like? Uh, support for me from from family or support okay. from oh, the family yeah, yeah, when, yeah, you're, okay. when you're like, hey, this is what I want to do. Take it seriously. What did that look like? Certainly, certainly the, the 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 support was was there at a high level. Um, my dad, my dad played he played football in high school, 
Uh, but he he wasn't like the the parent who was trying to project his dreams onto me. But he was just trying to encourage the best way he could, mm-hmm. while also at the same time, I mean, he had to he had to be at work when I had basketball games. So he would come and he would he would sit and he would see a few of the games. Right. Uh, but but my mom, who was out in Texas at the time when I was in Georgia, she always would would call son, how the game go, son, how are you doing? So right. she was extremely um, supportive as well. So coming up, that they always made sure that if we wanted to participate in whatever sport that we could, or, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we wanted to be actively engaged in school and different organizations and things like that, they made sure to put us in place to where we could do those things and build those relationships. That's awesome. And support for me is a big thing, right? Because especially in the realm that we're in, having support as an athlete is, you know, sometimes it ranges from neighborhood, from at the, um, background. It does it ranges. So not everyone, I guess, is privileged enough to have that level of support, right? This is true. So this is true. when you think about athletes that, let's say, don't have it, right? But mm-hmm. they're dedicated. They're like, you know what? I want to do this. Who doesn't support me doesn't support me, but this is what I want to do. There's always people in the community willing to help you. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to those athletes that feel like, okay, my family doesn't support me, maybe my friends, or maybe the head coach even doubts your ability to perform, you know? So what mm-hmm. would you say to them in regards to support? I think that's an excellent question. And I think that going through that journey, you'll begin to realize that even if we're on, we're on the basketball team together, there's 12 of us, right? Mm-hmm. We'll begin to realize that Starting out the season, of course, everybody's saying, yeah, I'm going in the gym. I'll come in and get shots with you early. I'll go get shots up early. But as time progresses, then you'll begin to see the very few who are still in the gym and, you know, those one and two who are staying after. So I would say ultimately begin to identify your support by connecting your goal with their goal. For instance, if the goal for the team to win a championship, well, if the goal is to win a championship with the team, right then, you know, you're going to invest in those things just as if somebody's goal is to make it D1 in college, you're going to see that individual in the gym more than anybody else, or you should. So therefore, if that's somebody else's goal, then if that's your goal as well, now you all can begin to pair those two together as you're going on the journey together. So that would be one thing I would share. But also, I mean, you, you have to really, you have to weed out the people who aren't for you. And, and I mean, if, if, if it's the head coach, you have to just do everything in your control that you can control. You can, you can ask the coach, you know, what, what can I do to improve? What can I do mm-hmm. to get better in, in great, in, integrated into the system? You know, so beginning to think about these things, a lot of times we can be in a position to where we're saying, this person's not supporting me, that person's not supporting me. They also might not know your goal. If your goal is never vocalized and you never communicate to anybody what you're striving to accomplish, then there shouldn't be a surprise that nobody's willing to support you because they don't know what they need to support you in doing. But if you're clear by doing that and you're saying, if you could support me in this way, then then I think that should make it a little bit easier of a transition. I think that should make it uh, a little bit better to, to get that support. I love that. I hear a couple of things, especially relating to like development, right? So Mm -hmm. we hear accountability, we hear communication, we hear discipline, you know, but now we know how athletes can find support for them. On the flip side, what responsibility does the community have to support these athletes? Not only on the court, not only in sport, but academics and life, because, you know, it's a full, (laughs) it's a full universe out here. It's not just athletics so what would you say the kind of the responsibility of the coach of the teacher of the parent of the community 
Yeah, so I, I think I think that's a really tricky. That's a loaded question. And it's a it is a question loaded question at the same time because honestly, so if we're looking at the outside community, if we'll say like a, we'll just say a college for yeah. instance. So if we look at things surrounding the college, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like the businesses outside of the college to it's as it being their job for them to support the college team for instance i will say that it's the coach's job as well as the staff who works with them hand in hand mm -hmm. to make sure that they're successfully equipped to be at the next level and ready to rock at the next level i'll, I'll put that on the coach because yeah. the coach is expecting the player to show up every day the coach is expecting the player to give it their all on the court mm -hmm. well coach well we have some expectations for you as well like we need we need you to understand that the players that you're working with if they're leaving from where you are and then going somewhere else, they need to be better than when they got there. So that accountability is huge. Uh, the character building is huge. Creating a level of discipline and helping them understand a culture is huge. And the last thing I'll say is that I think each and every individual, like we, there, there, there are certain people in our lives that if they see we're headed toward a negative trajectory and they're influential enough in our life, I think it's on them for them to say something. Because if not, when they get to the next stage, it's going to fall back on the coach. Coach, if you, if you sign off on somebody saying this kid is good, this kid's ready to go to the next level, then he's at that college institution. And then the, co the, other, the college coach looking back like, what's wrong with this kid? Why'd you give me this kid? He's not ready with this, this, and that. It's going to reflect negatively on that coach. So ultimately, short answer, coach, get, get your players ready for the next level. Because ultimately, yes, you want them there so that – you all both mutually can benefit, but at the same time, you need to make sure that it just doesn't come off as a one-sided relationship. Yes, that is so, oh, that's such good feedback. Such a great answer to that loaded question. Yeah. And I love how <laughs> now we could like really pivot into um, transition because we're speaking about going to the next level. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. even just to go off of a little bit of what you said, it is the responsibility at the high school level, right? We need to prepare these kids for the academic workload, the commitment. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff in high school that you, are, you don't do in college, and there's a lot of stuff in college that you definitely don't do in high school. Mm -hmm. For example, you're committed, like you have to commit time to community service. It's a requirement. You have to commit time to study hall if you're in that, you know, in that realm. Sometimes mm -hmm. you might have a coach, 5 a.m. practice, you have class, class at 8, you know, but some of it is, one, preparing the athletes for that next level and not only just for college but showing them how these things like time management accountability dedication goes off the field out of sport as well right mm -hmm. so what do you think is the biggest misconception about the transition into college Ooh, i think the biggest transition or, or the biggest misconception one might think is that i performed at a high level in my classes or in the academic world so that's just going to transfer over because, I mean, it's the, it's the same thing, right? No, it's, it's definitely not. Um, because now, you know, mom's not at home, dad's not at home, brother, sister, uncle, cousin, right. whoever. Nobody's at home to support you in that. You have to set your own alarm. You have to manage your own. So academics is one. Time management is a whole nother beast. And then even being able to identify, because this falls on the person as well. And I think it goes right. back to the initial question. But beginning to identify who should be in your social circle, why you want them to be in your social circle, and if them being in your social circle is going to benefit you as you're 
seeking to move forward. So I think all of those things are, are misconceptions because we see college on TV. And for me, my personal experience was seeing he got game. And I thought that was going to be my college experience. Oh. <laughs> um, so, you know, so seeing that and thinking, uh, I was like, yeah, this, this isn't what happened. Yeah, and that's not it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's definitely not it. For some, that might be their story. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I mean, it, it's one of those things we have to understand. We, we have to we have to cancel out some of the stuff that we see on TV and social media. I'm talking to myself. And then ultimately just be present in that experience. But understanding that everything is not going to align the way you envisioned it. You showing up on campus, being the star player. You showing up on campus and you being on the cover of ESPN, the magazine. You showing up on campus and you win the national championship in the first year and you hitting the game winning shot. Some of these things we have to unpack because, mm -hmm. you know, when we look down the line and we look at, the people who are out there recruiting. And then we look at the, all the different coaches and you think based on one conversation you have with one person that you're going to get this amount of play time right. or somebody going to cut you a check for this or for that. And then when you get to the school, nobody cuts you to check. Like there's a, and that's something that somebody and told that's me. that's the business side, right? That, that's, that's the real side. Somebody <laughs> yeah. told me that the other day in my DM. Somebody was like, yeah, I mean, I was told when I go to this school that this person is going to help me pay for these bills. And then when I got there, I didn't have the money. So I was like, oh, my goodness. And this is really happening in real life, in real oh, time. Oh, yes, it happens. So, <laughs> like, it's two sides of it, right? Because you have the side that the majority see, and then you have the behind the scenes of NCAA. <laughs> this is true. And, and I mean, pe people, people attack the NCAA. I, I, I'm not going to necessarily at attack or anything like that. No, it's not attack. It's just it's a business. But yeah, 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 yeah. At, at the end of the day, it, it, it's a business. And when you sign that letter of intent or, you know, when you sign the agreement or when you give a verbal agreement to go wherever, mm -hmm. the expectation is that when you get there, you're going to do all you need to do to be the best player possible to make their team best possible. Mm -hmm. So on the other side of that agreement, I would suggest that you, student athlete, you, young aspiring coach, also have some expectations for what you're looking to get out of this as well. Because like, yeah. like you just said, it, it's a business. Yeah. But it's if you business. go in, like you just said, with that mentality, like regardless of what happens, this is what I'm trying to get here. You yeah. know, I always say like to the athletes that I talk to, you will be a freshman many times in your life. Mm, so you have freshman year good. of high school, freshman year of college, post-college, like, something is always going to present itself that makes you say, who, you know, might get a little sprinkle of imposter syndrome, but it's, it might happen, ah, right? Definitely. <laughs> hello, hello, you know the drill. And if you don't, if this is your first time, this segment, I just give the first half of the discount code. And the first half of the discount code is B, B as in boy, E. Keep listening. You talk, you did two TEDx's, you, you know, speak to a variety of athletes. Tell us a lot about like what you talk about and why you chose to like go this route when it comes to making an impact. Certainly. I, I chose this to go this route because I personally struggled in the transition. After I graduated, I'm excited. Mom, got my degree, got my bachelor's degree in psychology. What am I going to do now? And then she was like, well, son, you need to get a job now. That's what you actually need to do. So uh, being, being in that point and being in that position, then I probably was in, I probably was in transition, if you will, for mm -hmm. like three years and doing everything from working at retail stores, selling jeans to selling purses at coach and 
you know, then doing the FedEx thing, tossing those boxes off the back of trucks and everything else. So going through this and driving for Uber and in, in between, I realized that that's not my purpose in life, mm. right? My, my purpose is not to, to move a package from here to there. My purpose is not to give somebody the best pair of jeans. But I feel like I began to identify my purpose going through those things. And it's ultimately to serve people. And I believe that everybody's purpose is to ultimately serve. Absolutely. However, we all have different gifts and we all have different vehicles to help us serve well. So by, by doing that, that was when, that was when earlier this year in the, well, earlier last year in the pandemic, when after I'm doing all these jobs, doing all these things, just trying to make money, printing t-shirts, trying to make money, whatever, anything, trying to make money, pay the bills. I just right. got married. Ah, so, you That's know, right. do, <laughs> doing, doing all this, doing all this stuff. And then I got to the point where, uh, I said, well, let me see how, let me see how I can, how I can serve here. Mm-hmm. So then I, I, I pivoted. I'm talking about, I pivoted. Everything. I have to pause on that. That is so important for anybody to ask themselves, how can I serve here? Like service is just so important when it comes to like humility and just, it's just something that I feel like everyone should want to do. Yeah. Put yeah, good yeah, things yeah. back out into the world. Good things come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but, but, I, I think that's even, I almost think that like, that's a misconception with service as well. And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing really? with your point. I'm not disagreeing oh, really? because think about it when, because if we go with that mindset, I'm going to serve because good things are going to come back. Oh, what happens, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what happens when somebody serves and then the good thing doesn't come back in the time which they expected it to, which is how it always yeah. happens. Like, let's, let's be honest. Like right. always, always. So um, the, the thing that, the thing that I did was, like I said, I, I pivoted completely, like complete 180. And I started a new podcast called Beyond the Ball. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of this podcast was to serve student athletes, to be a resource, to focus on stories, strategies, and successes of previous individuals, right? Mm-hmm. So NFL player, professional players, uh, agents, um, coaches, like just down the line, everybody. So I started with that. And then from there, then I was like, okay, how can I further serve? Then I, I reached out to some colleges and then started, you know, seeing how I can partner with potential programs. Mm-hmm. And then one opportunity came with the University of Arkansas. Shout, shout out to uh, KK, aka uh, Krista. And she, she just got married, Miss Krista Smith now. And then also getting connected over there with, with Erica Nelson. And then from that opportunity, mm-hmm. then somebody that I knew, some, somebody that I knew at TCU, I reached out to him and he connected me with somebody else. And he's like, oh, yeah. My, my such and such works over here in this department. I reached out and I was like, hey, you know, is there an opportunity to serve? So getting connected in that way and then just going and focusing ultimately, like Inky Johnson talks about, I was focusing on the process and not focusing on the product mm-hmm. because at, at the end of the day, if we enjoy the process, if we enjoy going to the gym, lifting weights, if we enjoy the strain of doing the last set, if we enjoy feeding the homeless or going to different mm-hmm. places and doing these things, then the then what you were talking about the end product is gonna come. It's just like that mindset shift. It, it, it's it's a complete mindset shift because like I'll say with the analogy of, of lifting weights because if you get caught up and you enjoy the burn and you enjoy the struggle and the set and all that you're going to eventually get results. You're getting results as you're getting sore, but you're not visibly seeing them right away. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's why I think it's so powerful about service because you serve or ultimately you're planting these seeds. And, and like, I, like I heard it said in, in a book as well, it, it talks about us planting seeds, understanding that we might not even get to benefit from the shade that that tree is going to provide. 
Man, I'm trying to. When I read that in the book, I was messed up. You know what? A sidebar because I'm obsessed with Hamilton the play. Okay. And (laughs) one of the lines, more or less, that he says is, you know, basically you're planting seeds for something you wouldn't see. Like it's for Mm. your generation that's coming after you. Wow. So if that's not the definition of like service, you're like, look, I know I'm not going to reap the benefit of what this is but i know those coming after me it will help them be in a better place oh, like man. i was that's just a, like whoo yes hamilton that's it. <laughs> i mean that's it right because i mean if, if we right. if we think about if we think about some of the most influential leaders like the the the, the martin the dr martin luther kings mm-hmm. he he said he said i may not make it to the mountaintop he knew he wasn't going to be here to be able to benefit from the work he was doing and if we really if we go back i'm not one to ever be in somebody's pockets but it's been often said that he wasn't the richest man you know thinking about him and the work that he was doing he would he was caught up in the process right he he was caught up in the process doing the work he knew he wasn't going to get to see the product but he was like the process will help so many other people get to the product so that's the work that i'm going to do and that's what i stand for Just wanted to jump in and give you the second half of the discount code, which is BRAVE. So the full discount code is BRAVE. So beyond the ball, you said you talk about resources. So give us a resource that student athletes can use right now. Uh, well, well, there's one resource. So I just I just released this ebook, um, and I talk about seven ways ultimately that staff as well as well seven ways that we can better serve and support student athletes as well as you know the staff that works along mm-hmm. with them um so i just i just dropped that ebook completely free resource um the link is in my bio on instagram mm-hmm. or if people you know have a have a web browser you can type in bit.ly forward slash the number seven way you in the can show notes too. yeah please it's gonna be it's gonna be in the show notes but yeah, I yeah that's i mean that's a resource but at this at the same time I, I think uh, another resource, and this is going to be, this one might be underwhelming for people, but it's ask better questions. Because I, I, I think so often we're, we're, we, we, we ask for opportunities, we want opportunities, we're praying for opportunities, we're hoping for opportunities, and then when we get them, we squander them because we, we ask stuff that could have been Googleable or stuff that we could have found or, you know, wh- whatever it might be. So I'll give some real life context here. For me personally, before I go on a call with anybody, I'll pull them up on LinkedIn. I'll do a quick Google search and I'll find something that might, that, something that probably they typically don't talk about to create a level of connect, a connection point. Mm. So con- creating that connection point with that person. And then that sparks a different type of conversation right. because they're like, personal. Oh, you did your research more, more personal mm-hmm. because if you hop on the phone with me and every time we talk about the same stuff, then, I mean, I'm not going to remember you or anybody else. But if you're an individual who asks, you know, how's your family or how's your dog? And, you know, we begin to have these type questions. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow. If you have a, a tight knit relationship with your dog or with your pet or with your puppy or whoever, then you're going to remember the individual who asked about your mm-hmm. dog. So asking better question, and, and that's one, you know, there, there's YouTube so questions. On, I mean, there's YouTube videos on that. There's uh, Google searches on that because I, I did it. I did it wanting to ask, guess better questions that come on my podcast. So I was like, let me see. What are some questions that I should ask people? Right. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, and I, yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. one person, like <laughs> if you get to know me, I will question you down. I tell people, don't be afraid to ask questions, but like you Definitely. said, just ask better questions. You know, yeah. because, and another thing is a lot of people don't understand 
they always had like this defense mechanism a lot. And it's just, mm-hmm. there's so many people out here that are willing to help. And, you know, even with the new, um, the new release of like Clubhouse, being in just that app alone, it's just like, wow, there's just so oh many goodness. people here, millionaires, billionaires, VCs, coaches, everything, everything that literally are just here to help. I got a donation on Clubhouse the other day. Oh, by just, wow speaking by just saying hey i just need help on how to figure this out and i gotta donate it's just like guys there are people out here that want to help you not everybody wants harm towards you so that's Uh, ask better questions and don't be afraid to ask questions wow you got a donation that's super dope but i'm so i so i'll i'll say this and the reason i say ask better questions and just to piggyback of what you're sharing via clubhouse and so in, in the richest man in babylon they talk about how ultimately somebody who's been successful, they love to share information. Mm-hmm. They, they love to, because when, so for the people who are in the lower region, no, let me not say it like that. The people who might not be as well off financially, right? Yeah, yeah. The people who are focused on, man, I'm working check to check right now. I'm trying to get to the next level, but I ain't had time to think about the next level because I'm working to get, I'm working to get from check to check. We're the individuals who are focusing on getting to the money Mm -hmm. to where we can pay bills and where we can have that freedom. The other individuals who are in the top 1% or the top 10%, however you want to break it down. They're the individuals who now are really focusing on how they can make a greater impact on Mm -hmm. how they can do something really philanthropic or how they can ultimately give back because they they're not worried about money. Now money is not the biggest issue for them. Paying this bill is not the biggest issue. It's how can I create something or put something in place that will serve me after I'm gone. So understanding that if you see somebody successful, ask them a question. But before you ask them a question, (laughs) if you're a student athlete out there, if you're a student athlete, I would suggest for you to get a podcast first because people are a lot more likely to talk to you on a podcast because once again, going back to what I just said, if you're talking to a billionaire, you're talking to someone who's really rich or someone who's just well off. Mm -hmm. If they're trying to further an impact or they're trying to put something in place to help more people, if you have a podcast, now you have a platform to where you can then be of service to them because you're helping their message stretch to your audience. And if they're an older individual, like 50 or something like that, and you're 14 through 21, you have access to a different audience that they've never even thought about, perhaps. So get that podcast. Information, like knowledge creates opportunity. I'm trying, keep to, learning, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying keep to tell learning, you. Keep learning, keep growing. That's all I'm saying. Keep learning, keep growing. So let's go on. Let's see, this is, okay. <laughs> so let's go on a little bit. So as, as we know, okay, we have asked by our questions. We have the transition misconceptions. So being mm-hmm. more aware of mm-hmm. what you want out of a program going into college, if you oh, choose definitely. to go that route, mm-hmm. um, not being 100%. Um, dependent on someone else to offer you an opportunity or to Mm -hmm, do, mm -hmm. you know, people make false promises sometimes. And honestly, maybe it's not a false promise. Maybe you did have the potential, but you have to realize when you go to college, you're also competing against other kids who come from schools that they were the best player, you know? So moving on though, what do you think student athletes struggle the most with, with that? It's just facing, I guess, the realization of themselves that they may have to push themselves harder, or maybe the realization that maybe this isn't going to go as far as I think it's going to go. And 
the realization of life after sports and you know so what do you what do you think athletes struggle with the most in those categories so i I think one of the things is they're they're afraid to fail and of course this isn't going to apply to everyone but but if if this does hit you in a certain way and you feel offended then good this is for you um but but it's it's we're being afraid to fail because we're so great in sport we're so great competing on the court in between those four lines with the bright lights on like that's where we're great and we don't want to step over into another area to, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. where we have to be a freshman all over again to where we have to do where we have to learn the fundamentals mm-hmm. of entrepreneurship, the fundamentals of a podcast, the fundamentals of life and business. So I think one of the biggest things is the fear of that, as well as I'm going to couple it with not wanting to start over, not wanting to start over. So we, we have to understand you can't be fit just like everything else. Like being fair, I used to be so scared of going into games because I wasn't ready for the opportunity that I thought I was asking for. When I was a younger kid, I was so scared. I was like, I'm not ready for the moment. I wanted this moment, but I'm not ready for it because I didn't put in the effort that was required for me to, for me to be ready when, I, when my number got called. So understanding those things. Mm-hmm. But, but even in addition to that, I think it's just, you know, the, with, with everything that's going on right now and everything taking place, it, it's just, I think, I think there's some, there's some comparison comparison going on. Yeah. There's a lot of comparison going on because Especially I mean, with social media. It's oh my goodness, at an all time oh. high actually. Oh, oh my <laughs> it's so goodness. easy to go on there and judge your life based on what you see and not realizing that they also have a whole life that they're not showing you. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, with that, as well as you know, all these highlight videos and you know, people are showing their dunks and somebody else want to have a better dunk. Or these highlight videos are just next level. I'm seeing some of this video quality. I'm like, God, whoever did these kids' videos, like, I need them on the team because these people are going <laughs> in editing these videos. I'm like, this is crazy. Right, so right. when you compare that, and then also put it with that fear. Then it's like, whoa, then, then you're really working with something because we're, we're talking about fear of new experience as well as fear of comparing. Is my teammate doing better than me or is my friend across the country doing better than me? So thinking about those things, and the last thing I'll say is just just mental health. And if, if there was like three arrows pointing, I think mental health would point to the comparison and the comparison would point to the fear. Because I think when you put all those together, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. If, if we don't have the mental health resources and the tools that we need um, to understand how to decrease anxiety, right? right? How to communicate with other people when we feel we're down and out. We need to be able to use our words yeah. and use effective communication yeah. have effective communication because if we can't effectively tell someone how we're feeling what we're thinking what we're going through then we're going to continue to compare quietly and then when we continue to compare quietly then the fear is going to grow so big then we won't ever be able to conquer it but ultimately understanding that fear like people often say is false evidence appearing to be real mm-hmm. because like i said the fear also can be canceled out. So I took it this way. I'm gonna take it back now. So right. with fe- saying fear that can be fear can be canceled out. How do we cancel out fear? Instead of comparing ourselves to anybody else's story, anybody else's playtime, anybody else's work ethic, let's just see and identify the areas we need to work at mm-hmm. to cancel out that fear. So yeah. if I know I struggle going left, let me get in the gym and practice going left. Right. So understanding that in the basketball sense, but if I struggle communicating effectively, let me take some time and practice in the mirror doing some speaking for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, whatever that might be. Accountability. 
That's, I mean, hey, that, that's hey, what it is. Like, you got to be accountable to yourself if you want to grow. So I mean, one question it, to you, it. what was the mm-hmm. best advice in high school you never received? Ooh, the best advice I never received in high school would be invest in yourself. Well, I, I, so, so invest in yourself. Yes, I, I, I would say that. But also at the same time, don't be afraid to fail. Like really, don't be don't be afraid to make a mistake because when you make the mistake, then you can take a step back, and then you can assess what you're looking right. at and you can see where you went wrong. So, I would say that I, w- I would say that don't don't be afraid don't be afraid to fail. Don't be fearful of what looks what's coming next. You always can't do everything that you need to to prepare for it. Right. But once you go in that first class and then you fail that first test, then you need to take a step back and realize. Maybe instead of going to the party, you should go to study hall. So yeah. think, think about things yep. like that. <laughs> decisions, decisions. So um, when student athletes, I want to ask you this. I want to circle back around to like what you offer when it comes to like coaching, speaking, whatever. Because um, you, you offer a lot. What do you hope your athlete leaves with? If I come to you as a student athlete and whatever channel I choose to come to you, whether it be the workbook or, you know, a coaching session, what do you hope your athlete will, will leave with? The first thing I hope, I hope they would leave with would be confidence in, in taking chances on themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, then I would also hope that they leave with, with life skills. So applicable and tangible life skills. And that's what I love focusing on in sessions mm-hmm. that they have tools to apply in their life to benefit them going forward. Yes. So, you know, confidence, tangible life skills. And then in addition to that, I also want them to be able to effectively communicate, right? Being able to effectively communicate, uh, if it be through a podcast, if it be through speaking, be able to effectively communicate. And then the last one, the last one would be being able to share their feelings and emotions, like in regards to mental health and distance. Yes. 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 Necessary. Especially in the athletic world. Like that is needed, especially when you think of the amount of stress and expectations of society and themselves, you know, but it's also battling against that stigma of athletes are mentally tough and we don't like break down. So that vulnerability is a big one. So I'm going to wrap this up and I ask okay. everyone this question and it's a little different from what I asked you before. Okay. Okay. If you can go back knowing everything, you know, now, I mean, from childhood, high school, college, marriage, fine. Mm. What would you tell your younger self? Mm, you, you, you said, what would I tell my younger self? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Like we know fear, you you can't use that one. We know not not to be afraid. Ooh, what would I tell my younger self? I would say focus on setting yourself up for the future, even before you will benefit from it. Okay, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. Elaborate a little bit more for the people. Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> So, so often, you know, we're focusing on, we're focusing on getting the, getting to, once again, going back to process over the product, mm-hmm. it, we're focusing on the, the, the product. I put a picture on Instagram. I want to see some likes. I want to see some comments. I want to see some engagement right now. I'm talking about right now. <laughs> I go downstairs. I put something in the microwave. I want, I want something hot and ready in five minutes. 
But ultimately, when it comes to our lives, life doesn't work like that. Right. So if I knew that I can put something in place as a younger, as a younger me to where I would be, I, I would have my own freedom. Because I don't want to necessarily speak about money and stuff like that. Right. But knowing that I would have freedom of my time, mm. maybe five years down the road, 10 years down the road, if I continue to chip away at it, even though I know how difficult that would be, that would be the one thing that I would want to tell my younger self, John, just keep on doing this. Just focus on bettering yourself so that later down the line, you can have that freedom. That's what I do. That's what I tell myself. Younger. I love that. Look, I love this question. Okay. Cause you get different feedback every time. And that's great advice that everyone can learn right now. And parents could tell their kids right now. Sorry. Like I know, you know where you want to go, but I need you to, Lock it in a little bit, <laughs> especially if you want to be that serious. But Jonathan, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I love this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, this, this is a dope conversation. You, you asked some really good questions. You, you asked some really you. good questions. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jonathan. Do me a favor, leave a review and let me know your favorite part. What was the biggest gem that you took away? And check out the show notes for all his handles. Don't forget to use your discount in the upcoming days. And I will see you guys next time.